Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! And uh, we're back here on Radio Dub. It's, uh, it's a bit lonely here in the studio. Just, uh, just myself because apparently all my co-hosts have decided to either travel or be busy and I, I'm not really respecting that choice if I'm completely honest. But you know what? Someone said in the land of technology, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zoom in. You know, we've seen his face and uh, he decided to grace us with his presence all the way from Byron Bay, Oscar Rutherford. Oscar, thanks for taking the time out of your really, really busy schedule to talk about women's football. I really, really appreciate it. You know, that's okay. You know, like the, you, any time, anywhere in the world that I am, I will, I will make time to be on Radio Dub because it, it is far and away the most important thing in my life. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, just, just, just week in, week out, here we are. No, it's, it's good that you've joined us, Oscar, because we've had some exciting football being played and I've seen a few of the games, you've seen a few of the games and you know what, we've got some great guests this evening to speak to as well. It's an all-American affair really of Radio Dub. We have been championing Victorian bias but maybe with, it's secretly an American bias? Is that what the show is? <laughs> That's true. No, no, we, we have consistently been, been been going with Americans. There are so many Americans playing in the A-League Women's competition this season, so it's kind of, it's almost inevitable that we, we get a whole group of them. But it's good. They're, they're all really, really fun and really great. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to them. And I just, it's it's such a good, you know, I was thinking how You were thinking, Oscar? That's nice, man. I like that. I part. was. I, I actually had a series of thoughts connected. Uh, and I, I, I was thinking about how good it is that all these good things that are happening in the A-League women's competition right now are going to continue to happen for like quite a while as opposed to the season finishing in like three weeks. I think that's really exciting. I think that's really good. You know, we, we don't quite have a full season, but we're getting closer. And that, that just makes everything that's good about it even better. Yeah, no, you know, I keep trying to look, I keep wanting to look to my the right of me yeah. for a guest, but I just see the the Zoom box of you. But no, this has been some really great football and uh, we've had some a weird schedule because we've had some games played mm. during the week and uh, some games got moved. But we did see some really fun games on the weekend. Were you able to catch some of them? Oh, I was. I was able to catch several of them. Uh, there's so many exciting storylines, isn't there? I mean, victory looked like they're back to their best, storming towards the final spots, four wins in a row. We got maybe the upset of the season with the Jets beating Adelaide. I don't know if there's been... A bigger one so far. Uh, Wellington and Western Sydney both got a point, which was nice, which is nice to see everyone now has a point. So there's stuff going on all over the place. No, there is a lot of stuff happening all across the place. Where do we want to start? Do we do we want to start with the most recent game, the Wellington-Western Sydney Wanderers game? Because mm. I'm not going to lie, I was grateful for goals. I was grateful for some goals and I, I think that um, – and I think that maybe Wellington maybe would be disappointed that they didn't capitalise on like their early opportunities because they did have some and I think they were looking the more attacking of the sides but then the Wanderers seemed to get a goal against the run of play in my opinion. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it was such an interesting game because this was just about the only time this season where we've seen these sides playing in a game where 
they looked like they believed they were the better team, they that they really should be winning that game. And that obviously affects how you play. And so it was really interesting to see them actually be able to come out of their shells a bit because we've seen games with both of their teams, but both of these teams, sorry, where the opposition is, the, the, the gap in quality between the two sides is so great that you don't really get the chance to to watch them both play. I, w- I was really interested in watching what Western Sydney were doing. I mean, I hear what you're saying in that the ball was clearly deep in Western Sydney's half for most of the game, but Western Sydney did have most of the ball and they looked like they were trying to do some really nice things. And and they've got good players who could do those things. And you kind of, you, you could see the foundation of something stronger happening with Western Sydney in my mind. And I think Cat Smith does deserve credit for that because... You know, there were times last season where I think Western Sydney just looked completely lost. I'm not saying they were brilliant over the weekend, but or whenever it was, a couple of days ago when they played. But I, I felt like I was seeing, the, the, as I say, the foundations of some kind of identity and playing style that if perhaps they had a bit more fluidity and a bit more confidence to go with it, that they could really carry forward with them. But equally, Wellington, I mean, we saw that they, you know, they're a young team, they've got lots of energy and they use that to their, to the, they, they use that to put opposition sides under pressure and Western Sydney for times in that match really struggled to play through Wellington's pressing. And and so we kind of, we saw the good in both sides and that was an exciting thing. And I think really important for both of those sets of players to feel like there was some kind of progress. No, it is. It's really important. And I think for both sides, they do face each other um, later on in the season. I can't particularly remember when. So, I'm hoping they can both get a win because Wellington what got two wins last season or one. I, I can remember the one for sure, but I'm my brain is escaping me at this current moment in time. Um, yeah. Another big game from the weekend was Perth. Two, in. two wins, you're right. Two wins, I was right. Okay, my brain, I'm really proud of my brain that moment. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, Perth Glory and Western United, obviously we are going to speak to Hannah Keane soon, hopefully. Um Western United, the show keeps on rolling in. NPL Victoria just says, Kai should have looked at us a little bit earlier. They're such a weird team. I, I watch Western United and I kind of, I don't, sometimes it's like I don't really understand how they keep winning these games. And they were really tested this time because they were behind twice. And you kind of thought, would that be the undoing of Mark Torcaso's style when they don't have the lead to defend the whole time? But they did. They found a way through. Yeah, there were two set pieces, but they just kind of overwhelmed Perth Glory and and, and they there's just such a good vibe around the squad. I can't wait to talk to Hannah Kane about that because I've got no idea how they keep finding a way to win these games. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that I really loved about Western is that for some teams, uh, sometimes you see when it gets to about the 80th minute mark or the 85th and the scores are all level, they kind of just hold on for that, the just the draw because they don't want, they want to mitigate the risk like the the rest of the season. But they just kept on going. They And that's what I've been really impressed about Western United all season is that they continually are trying to win games, even if sometimes they leave themselves defensively exposed and they could concede um, concede goals if their opposition was more clinical in front of goal. But I really like the work rate. I will say that Chloe Legazzo made a big difference yet again when she came on that park on the field and scored a goal. And I think in the victory, not the victory game, ugh, the game that is escaping me, and I will think about it and I will return back to it, but she's scored, uh, I think it was at Amy, she scored... Uh, 
two goals when she came on to the field. City game was that. City game. Thank you. Appreciate it. I knew it was a Melbourne team. The Melbourne, you know, it's, all, it's all getting confused in my head. But, well, there's only one F-bus. Yeah. <laughs> but um, she made a big difference. And obviously she's leaving uh, in February. I want to know what changes Western United will make to – because her impact, they, they don't have a player of her quality, if, if we're going to be clear on that just can fit in her slot once she leaves. How are they going to adapt their playing style and how are they going to have a, keep this momentum rolling? Because obviously it's great they've accumulated all these points in the early parts of the season before all the internationals leave. And it's not just their squad that's going to lose the internationals. There are plenty of other sides who've got them only on short-term um, loans. How will you know they go about it? That's what I'm really curious to see. Yeah, and it's it's. I think there's an additional layer of complexity in the sense that I don't think that the way Western United their kind of mo style is the most conducive to Chloe Legazzo and how Chloe wants to play. I think that the reason Chloe was so effective against Perth, for example, was because when they were behind, they needed to have the ball more, and that's when Chloe Legazzo was able to do her thing a bit more often. So it's kind of it's this really weird dynamic, and they've found the balance really well up until this point this season and that they're using her when she's needed depending on the state of the game now that may change as we as we see uh chloe continue to build up her fitness and perhaps play more minutes over the last period in which she's playing for them but yeah it's it's a really interesting thing and it's a it's a huge benefit to mark Locato that he's able to bring this player off the bench at this stage who adds a new dimension to the way his team's playing no certainly and you know what oscar now that we are speaking about Western United, I think it's actually a great time to we'll take a break. And then right after behind the break, we'll speak to Hannah Kane about um, Western United and about how she, things are going for her. And obviously in Radio Dub, we do love the bents and good vibes. So it's not going to be all serious, but it will just be a good time. So we'll head to a break and uh, we'll speak to Hannah Kane right after. Pick it, she lays it off to raise up her And uh, welcome back here on Radio Dub. We had an interesting first segment, but you know what? What we've realised about Radio Dub, it's it's not really about Oscar, myself, Lockie when he's here. It's about the guests. And you know what? Oscar, you know on Radio Dub, we can continually... In, we, it's a point of emphasis that we like to have good guests on. And we've got a good guest on, don't you reckon? My fantasy team... Loves her. Favourite player in my fantasy squad. I can't lie. We are taking out dub after dub after dub, okay? And uh, we're speaking to um, Hannah Keane, obviously, from Western United. Hannah, thank you for joining us on the show and making time for this little pod. Is there, obviously, with winning, you know, everyone winning creates happy, like a lot of happiness in, in, a, in a club, but is there, a, like, a song that's, like, going on in the room? Like, you guys, like... Guys, we are, is there been like a song the team has adopted in now as the winning uh, has continued? I think we're a little bit too afraid to do something that would kind of like throw us off or, um, yeah, we don't, I don't know. We just take it a game at a time because like I said, it hasn't always been super easy wins. Um, they've been really difficult and games that we thought we we're going to lose. We pull out the win at the very end. Um, so 
I think I think we're still kind of in shock that we've won all the games and almost sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Like we have to remind ourselves that we just won that game. Um, but I think that also just shows our mentality that we're not completely happy with the wins because they are wins, but we think we can do a lot better than, than what we've showed so far. Does it? Oh, oh no, you go, Oscar. Gosh, I see the zoom. Uh, see what Zoom's doing? You see, I don't like it. it. I don't like you go. It's really awkward, isn't it? It's difficult. Bear with us. No, I, I was just going to ask on that point. So, what? Why is it that this team keeps winning? Then, like you talk about, you're not even playing that well, and you're not really sure how you do it. What in your mind is is the key? You know, I think we've just been doing well at finishing our the key moments that we have. Um, I mean, I'm still not too satisfied. Like three goals is great and all, but there's so many shots that I'm like, I could have easily had seven goals by now if I had just done a little bit better in that moment. But I think in other key moments, like we just, I don't want to say luck because it's not completely luck. And I know everyone's worked hard to get to that point, but I think it's just a couple moments that we just stay focused longer than other teams and we just pounce on the opportunities that they give us. And that's kind of been the theme in the last few games. Um, But I think there's still so much room for improvement where it won't always have to be like that, that we should have a lot more opportunities earlier in the game and finish them. And I'll do my best to do that. If if you want to just keep on scoring goals, get an assist in there as well (laughs) so I can annihilate the competition in fantasy and I can take out the league, I'm all for it. But um, you touched on a little bit in terms of, like, obviously the confidence that you guys would take out of, like, winning games like this. And obviously you're here for the full season, correct? Is it? And obviously you've been in Australia before and you've played for Alamein in the MPL and you spoke a little bit about when you were come, when you were doing, they did the press release for you joining Western about your unfinished business. Do you feel like you've, you've, you're doing your, exceeding your expectations about the unfinished business or are you kind of on track and where you're like, this is what I came here to do, this is what I'm doing? I think it's a good start, but I definitely think that I can do even better. Like I said, I've had a few other chances for scoring or making assists that I didn't finish. So I'm not happy with that. Um, But I do feel like I am kind of proving a point, but there's still, I think I can still do better. Um, And yeah, I'm definitely a completely different player than last time I was here in Australia. So it's, it's pretty fun to see kind of, a few players I remember that were around that time because it was a while ago, but most of them were too young. But um, yeah, no, I think I think this time around it's it's going much better. And like I said, there's still there's still a lot of room for improvement, but it will come. We're still only five games in, so I have time. <laughs> and I was I was really interested in, getting, in asking about that though. What in your mind has changed in the now more than six years that you that you've been playing in Australia? What's it been like to kind of come back to this competition that you or, or to this to this to this country where you've had a bit of experience, but obviously not a huge amount? What what have you seen change? Um, I think well the fact that I never actually got the chance to play in the A League or W League back then, um, I have still kind of kept up with it and watched a few games over the years. Um. And I think the league has just gotten a lot better here with like the technical skills and the kind of, 
I want to say like soccer IQ that I see from the players. I think there's a little bit more emphasis now on strategy and kind of the dynamics of the technical skills of players and teams working together. Um, But I think when I was here last time, it was a bit more, I don't know, rough around the edges, but now I see it more as a complete league. Um, And I, I mean, I won't say it's in the top five in the world, but it's a good, it's a good start. Like I think they're headed in the right direction. See, you speak about – I think I'd agree. I think the, the A-League women's got uh, – uh, has taken really big steps and has got lots uh, to do to be one of the biggest in the world because I think it can be that. It's, I think women's football is at a different stage to men's football in terms of what leagues, the way you can compare leagues. But you've played against some of the biggest teams in the world. You've played in the Champions League and you've played against one of my favourite sides in Europe, against PSG in the Champions League. It didn't go the way you're after. I don't want to bring it up. I, 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 I don't mean to, but you've played <laughs> against some of the best players in the world. What's that like in, in like a competition like that and how like how's that your game adapted being able to play in different countries and in different playing styles as well? Yeah, I will say the PSG, we played them twice yeah. and the first time we can forget, but the second <laughs> time it was 0-0. Zero, zero. Hey, that, so that's a I'll good, that's a that, win. That's a win. I take that <laughs> as a win in my mind. Um, wow, yeah, to play against those teams, it's kind of you almost think right when you walk on the field, like, oh my gosh, I have no chance. Why am I here? Like this is PSG or Barcelona last season. We played against them a few times and it's like, these are like players that are actually the best in the world. Um, And I don't know, but once, once the whistle blows and you start to play, you realize like they're doing the same thing you are. They're on the same field, same ball, same conditions, um, same 11 players that are across from you that you have. Um, and it's really not as like big of a difference as you think. Um, I think in women's football, it's a little bit different when a lower team plays against a higher team that were definitely more technical and like the differences in skill level isn't as drastic as it could be with um, the men, but it was, it was amazing. It was a really tough experience because you can't switch off even for one second or the other team will score. They're just that good. Um, But it's also hard to play against teams like that. And then, come here and maybe like think like, Oh, I'm not playing against Barcelona. So I don't have to be like that switched on. Um, Which is something I have to tell myself every training, every game, like I need to be playing as if I'm still playing against Barcelona because I don't want to lose what I spent the last three or four years playing at like that kind of level. Um, So it's difficult sometimes, but I think if I can like bring that kind of energy and that kind of like importance to every training and game to this team, then we can improve a lot more and um, be a little bit sharper than, than maybe they would have been without me. <laughs> I, I want to, obviously you, you have been all around the world and you've played in the biggest leagues, but you started out for you in the college system in America. And we see a lot of, the college system in America brings out a lot of players every year on year out. And, 
there's there's kind of a like some players get that sh- that sh- start straight in the um, NWSL. They get they get there straight away. But there's a lot, lot of players who have to go kind of find themselves overseas and go to different leagues, lower leagues, and things like that, and really adapt and change. Is it kind of strange when you see like Europe and stuff um, kind of catch up to the United States in a way, but the American system kind of still produces so many players year in, year out, but there are so many players that kind of have to go in different places just to play competitively? Yeah, I think the college system, I think, is can be good. Um, it has been interesting going and playing in other countries, like in uh, Portugal, for example. I had girls on my team that were 16 years old, wow. and I was like, oh, would you maybe be interested in going and playing in America? like for a college, a good one, because they're really good. And they're just like, oh, why would I do that? Like, I've already made it pro. I'm on a professional team. Like, why do I need to go there? Um, But I think it would still be beneficial for players like that to go into the college system. Like, you get to play soccer every single day. You can get a scholarship. You can get a degree also, which is kind of the most important thing. Um, And then you come out of college and you're still only 21. You haven't really missed much time and you've been playing every day. So you're probably still better or just as good of a player as you were when you were 16 or 17. Um, So I think it's just a different way of doing it that I think maybe in Europe and I think Australia has a little bit better sense of what like the university system, how it can be helpful for a player. Whereas in Europe, I think they just kind of have one image of partying in college and that's what they don't want to be involved in. Um, But I think it can be a really good opportunity. And yeah, coming out of the college system, I think there's a lot more pathways to professional soccer than people think. Just because you're not drafted into the NWSL, there's still probably a hundred teams in Europe that, would want you um so the draft is definitely not all or nothing in terms of a soccer career I didn't I don't think I even entered it um after college because the NWSL is just kind of I don't like the instability of maybe getting drafted but then not getting a contract and then being traded without any warning or just dropped or just I think Europe and here if you have a set contract it's it's a really good thing to have. And I think a lot of people just don't realize how nice it is to have that and not maybe be traded without knowing it. <laughs> and obviously places like us, we get to benefit there, therefore from this system, Melbourne. don't we? Don't Melbourne, we've Oscar. Got... Oscar, or Melbourne, Melbourne, come on. You know, we've got this <laughs> podcast, we've got to churn out that Melbourne bias constantly every single episode. <laughs> Melbourne in particular, plus a couple of other places occasionally, also benefit from from this from this system. And so I guess is that why you think that there are so many super talented American players playing in Australia right now this season here in Australia? Yeah, I do think though that there could be even more if there wasn't just a four international limit rule. I know a lot of people that want to play here and I understand like the meaning and of behind wanting the young Australian girls to kind of go through the system and have the spots for them. But I think that's maybe something that would hold back the league from being potentially like one of the best in the world. Cause I mean, in Spain and Portugal and Germany, there is a limit, but it's way more than four. Um, 
And there's just, I know there's a lot of good talent that would want to come play here, but because of those restrictions, it makes it more difficult. So I think that's something that maybe they can think about later about changing um, just to bring in more talent, because I think that would also inspire more young girls if they can see even more talent closer to home than maybe it would help out. But, but yeah, I think there could be a lot more talent than there already is here. No, you know what, Hannah, if, if we're going to get internationals that are going to score heaps of goals for me and my fantasy team, <laughs> I'm all for it. I'll, I'll fly the plane. I don't think you trust me. I don't have my, my, my plane license, but I'll bring them myself. But um, you know what, Hannah, on Radio Dub here, you know, we've asked a lot of serious questions. We, we need to just take a step back and, you know, and, and relax. And now, because we're a Melbourne biased podcast only and this is the only state that matters in the entire country, I, would you tell? Could you tell us what at least some of your favorite things about Melbourne? That coming back, you've been like, oh, I've missed this. I've missed. I've missed this about Melbourne. It's been nice. Oh, yeah. I think um, I'm vegan, so just the amount of vegan options here just blows my mind. Because in Spain and in Portugal, <laughs> they just don't really. They, I've had people bring me fish and eggs when I was there because they're like, oh, this is what vegans eat, right? And like. Um, so (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, but, um, just the amount of vegan options here and like good ones where I, sometimes I'm afraid it's not vegan because it tastes so good. (laughs) Um, but it's been great. Like the food, that's basically where I spend all my money because I can't resist it. Um, but yeah, I, I would have said also the weather before I got here. Um, I was expecting it to be a lot better, but but I think it's just a one-off, and I'm sure I'm sure it's getting better oh. now. And so the weather's been okay. Oh, Hannah, see, um. see, I just, I, I just, I, I want to say to you, it's not going to get better. It really, Melbourne is a great <laughs> state, but it is not. This, this is the one downside about this state is that the weather is shocking and will change on you in a heartbeat. That's why Oscar's left and gone to Byron Bay in yeah. Sydney. Because it's not, but he's going to come back. Like a detox. Yeah, it was a detox. You know, you need to cleanse yourself. Even of the great things, you need to cleanse yourself. But before you go, actually, give us a vegan uh, restaurant that you've, like, you really like. Give us a recommendation. Give us, give us recommendation. There's so many, but I think I really love Veggie Bar. It's in Fitzroy, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um, and yeah, just everything. And then there's also an ice cream place next to it. I think it's called Girls and Boys. And it's just the ice cream is, you wouldn't know that it's vegan, that there was no milk or anything. So veggie bar and girls and boys. Okay. You and... see, I like that, Hannah. See, because it seems that every time me and Oscar are uh, co-hosting the show together, we get food recommendations because we got Madison Haley gave us a food recommendation. Maybe Oscar, that's the next iteration of radio dub we just try out foods <laughs> that a-league women's players recommend food safari <laughs> food yeah. safari that's, that's what we're doing here on radio dub but uh, radio dub food safari. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. uh well hannah thank you for joining us we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to speak to us and good luck for the rest of the season and hopefully you can keep scoring more goals so my fantasy team can keep annihilating the competition mm-hmm. Yes, I will score just for you. Appreciate just it. so you can win. <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Hannah. You know what? We will head to a break, real quick, and then uh, after the break, we'll we'll speak to we'll speak to Murphy Agnew, Oscar. If we'll speak yeah. to, maybe we'll speak to Murphy Agnew. That'd be Sounds good. like a deal. Sounds like a deal. <laughs> 
pick it. She lays it off. Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Yes, driving. What a hit from Melina Reyes. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Welcome back to Radio Dub for the, the final time tonight. Oscar, we'll see. We'll see how we feel. We see how I feel. I, I'm pure from Paris. I realised I didn't introduce myself at the start of the show. I don't know if that's my narcissism or like, I don't know what that is. You don't need to tell them who you are. They yeah, know who you are. I didn't need to tell them who I am. But no, pure from Pong. And uh, joined by Oscar Rutherford here on FNR. And Oscar, we spoke to Hannah Keane just mm-hmm. before and it was really great to speak to her. But you know what we said? If we're going to have an American on the show, we need to double it. We need to Everything's double. bigger in America, yeah. It's, it's twice, as, twice as many. Exactly. So we, we, we said, you know what, who's, who's any really exciting player mm. in the competition right now that we really like? And, and uh, one of my favourite players from uh, Newcastle, Jets, Murphy Agnew, who, Oscar, if you've seen, every time she's on the ball, I'm like, what's she going to do? Because she's always setting up the play for her side and she's been a really uh, vital player. Didn't play on the weekend uh, with injury, but we do have Murphy on the line, I think, I hope. Murphy, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Fantastic. Now, let's see, miracles of technology, because I was, I was nervous. I accidentally muted you for a second and then I was like, oh, please, please, it's going to work by the time she's, <laughs> she wants to talk. Uh, Murphy, how are you? And obviously you didn't play on the weekend, but... How is how's recovery going, and and how are you enjoying life in Australia at the moment? Um, it's going well. I mean, I think I'm on schedule uh, with the treatment that I'm undergoing. Um, and yeah, just living in Australia has been really fun so far. I have great teammates, uh, great housemates, and Newcastle has been a really fun city to live in. So I've enjoyed it a lot. So you wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as Melbourne, but no, no, no. See, there I go again with my Melbourne bias coming into the show. It's it's too much. Exactly. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's it's, yeah. it's too much. But uh, Murphy, the Jets, you guys have been one of my favourite teams to watch in this season because every time you guys go forward, I have no idea if you guys are going to score a goal because there's the attack is always with with Allen, uh, with you, with uh, Griffiths. You, you guys are continually being really dangerous going forward. Have you liked the attacking threat that you guys have provided this season? Yeah, I think it's been uh, really good. I mean, I think we do have that kind of unpredictable edge to us and we can be a very counter-attacking team. Um, So it's just been fun to go forward with all the intensity we have and try and score some goals. Yeah, Murphy, yeah. Like, as Bakua says, for me too, the New Hartford Jets have been one of the most exciting teams to watch this season just because of that attacking dynamism, I suppose. How much of that comes from Ash Wilson? What's, what's the messaging in terms of how much of it is to be exciting and, and, and uh, enterprising as opposed to, you know, strict and disciplined and getting your results? Yeah, I mean, I think um, one of the things that we really emphasised in training and that we really focused on in preseason was being really hardworking, intense team and trying to be the fittest team in the league and just being able to, so I think that's like one of the biggest things we work on is just being really intense in our attack and just in the way we play. No, and I, I really enjoyed it. But see, Murphy, you didn't, obviously you didn't play on the weekend, but the, 
the side had a big win against Adelaide on the weekend. It was, it, I think to many people, it was maybe being a surprise that uh, Newcastle got the win over Adelaide. But what did, had you seen during the week being like, and were you surprised by that result? Or did you kind of like, we worked really hard this week and weren't too surprised about the result against Adelaide? I think we might have lost Murphy for a second. Maybe for a Sorry. second. Sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. See, technology decides to fail us in the worst moment, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was just asking in terms of obviously the win on the weekend was a really big win. Obviously you didn't play, but did you see it during the week? Did you see the intensity kind of building that the, the girls were really ready um, for that matchup against Adelaide? Yeah, I think after the couple tough games that we had the week before Adelaide, we were really focusing on like bringing the intensity back into training and like having a positive attitude and kind of putting those losses behind us so we could fully focus on getting the win against Adelaide. And I think that's exactly what we did. And I think the team played incredibly well and uh Lauren Allen uh Laws scored some incredible goals and yeah it was just really nice to get the win and um looking forward to playing against Sydney this weekend so hopefully the team will do well as well and what kind of impact does that that win against a really fancied opposition have in terms of the confidence and the motivation around the group does that encourage you to go even harder with the intensity in training yeah uh, definitely um I think the win kind of really just brought us back on the same page. And um, I think we're focusing on bringing that same intensity and in training this week and um, for the weekend. So yeah, I'm looking forward to watching the team get a win against Sydney. And it should be a really, really exciting game, but um, obviously See, this is our first time seeing you in Australia, if I'm not mistaken. See, I'm always scared that I'm going to get some key facts wrong and someone's going to yell at me. But um, it's your first time in Australia. How have you um, enjoyed it in, enjoyed it in Newcastle and travelling around? Because I don't know if the weather has been kind to us, kind to you in your first time in Australia, because the weather has been a bit up and down. Have you been like, have you regretted your choice of being like, nah, this was, this was the right choice to come to, down to Australia? Um, no, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed it, and um, I just came off a season in Iceland, so I've actually <laughs> really enjoyed the weather. I think it's been, I mean, other than a couple of rainy days, it's been really, really nice, and um, Newcastle's a great city with lots of cool beaches. So, no, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed my choice to come to Newcastle. Has Newcastle hit Iceland yet? Like when you said to people in Iceland, I'm moving to Newcastle next, did, did everyone go, oh, Newcastle, you mean the one in Australia? I presume that's how those conversations went. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I led with I'm going to play in Australia, so. Um, <laughs> Probably a good idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think when people think of Australia, they think of Sydney and Melbourne. So um, Newcastle's a bit of a smaller city, but. I've really enjoyed it, and I think um, it's easier to get to know the community a bit just because of its smaller size. Um, so, yeah, I've really enjoyed living here so far. Now, in your time in Iceland, like, I, I, I wanted, what's Iceland like for a, a, for a footballer down there? Because, like, can you play most of the games? So do you see my ignorance coming out? I, I, I don't know. Like, is the, is the, is the field filled with just snow the whole time? Like, like, are we getting sunny days? Like, can we play in the light? Like, what's going on in Iceland? Well, ice skates. Yeah, yeah what's right, going yeah. on? Yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, Iceland, so they play during their summer. Um, Murphy, you, Murphy probably... are you really calling it? Are you really calling it summer, or like is it like a summer adjacent? Like, what's the real? It's like Iceland summer is like Australia's winter. Okay. So, I mean, not warm, but not freezing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the fields there are um, artificial grass, so there's no really issues with like weather. Um, playing games. Um, and my favorite thing about playing in Iceland was that because Iceland's such a small country, um, most of the clubs are in the one major city in Reykjavik. Um, so there's a lot of different clubs and a lot of different Americans who actually go to Iceland to play. So it was just nice to have like kind of a smaller like American um, group in Reykjavik to kind of hang out with and watch. So. And Murphy, has that experience of that small American collective been kind of replicated now that you're in Australia? I mean, you spoke about Newcastle being a slightly out of like not the the major city in Australia that everyone knows about, but you've you've managed to recruit a whole group of, of American players in your team at Newcastle. Has that experience been similar to what you had in Iceland? Um, I would think so. Yeah, um, it's been really really nice. Um, my two housemates are um, Americans, and and then. We have our other American canon who lives with our out-of-state girls. Um, so, yeah, I think our team has just been, managed to create some really close uh, friendships and bonds within a short period of time. And um, it's been really fun and nice just to have a group that's as close as we are. Imagine being able to walk around with your name being canon. It's, it's just oh, insane. No, you see what I'm saying, Oscar? No, I've thought about this as well. I'm like... There are some cool names going around in the A-League women's, but Canon, I feel like, Murph, don't you reckon is probably like the top, top name in the competition? <laughs> I mean, right? Emily Garnier is wonderful as well. If we're talking about Americans in Newcastle, there are great names going up, uh, up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think Canon's name is really cool, and I think it really fits her. She's very high energy and really fun to be around um, and really just explosive on the field, so I think it fits her perfectly. No, it's it's a cool name, and I, I wish I could, like, I like, I... I my parents would have thought of something like a way cooler name for me because I feel like cool <laughs> names really set you up. Like, like Murphy, you've got a you got a cool name, Murphy Agnew. Like, that's a sick name, Oscar. Thank you. What's your name, Oscar? Oh, yeah, Oscar. exactly. Yeah, we'll, there we we'll, go. We'll... Just a bit boring. It's all right. You, you want to talk to me about boring names, dude? For cool, please go no, no, on. No. Yeah, but no, we're, we're, speaking, we're speaking to Murphy Agnew uh, here at Radio Dub. Uh, Murphy, <laughs> see on Radio Dub here, as you can tell, we're not. We the football is really important, but getting to know the players is also really, really important. And I just I want to know: is there a player there, or like at Newcastle when you got there, you were like, oh, they're like they're super cool. Like I'm like, oh, this is like it's really nice to get to know them. And like a player who kind of maybe surprised you um, down in Newcastle. Um, I don't know so much as surprise, but um, I think the captain Cass Davis has been um, really fun to play with in the midfield, just like really solid, always knows what's going down and just like a really good leader on and off the field. And I think um, she's been extremely helpful, like in terms of like settling in. And I think she's probably the rock of our team and what made it so easy for the transition um, moving from Iceland to Australia. Um, so I don't know if that's necessarily surprising, but um, she's just been really helpful and a really great teammate. 
And well, speak about Cass Davis, a stalwart of the club. You've got this new exciting contingent at Newcastle, so many new players this season. And, and we've seen, we saw on the weekend what could be achieved. What's the goal of the season, Murphy? Where, where, where do your squad believe you can end up this year or this season, rather? Um, well, I think the goal will always be to make top four. I mean, I think that is something that maybe people have written us off for, especially with the way we've played the past couple games, um, not including Adelaide. Um, but I think that's something we can still achieve because I think this league is extremely intense and um, free-flowing. So I think anyone can beat anyone. And I think that this team, if we start winning some more games, I think we really have a chance to make that top four and play in the, what do you call it, the finals? Finals, finals, finals. The finals, the finals. Finals. Um, But... uh, no, and I think the thing that's a, a really interesting point because obviously the season's extended this year and we have a new team as well. But yeah, the finals race is going to be even more competitive because like I just looked at the table, I was like, oh, we've only played like for like five or six games, and like I'm like, oh, this season feels like we've been going for a, a decent while. But um, is that like is that something that's you've kind of felt? You're like, oh, this season's like we've only been playing for a short period of time, but it feels like we've been going for a, a little while. Yeah, I think because of the short preseason, I think maybe it does feel like we've been playing for a little bit longer just because you're only here for like five weeks before the season started. And yeah, it definitely just feels like a very long time. And I think that also has something to do with just how intense the games are and like how much they take out of us. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think we have, what, like 10 games left? So not even halfway yeah. through the season. Yeah, nobody asked me exactly how many games we've got left because my math skills have recently been failing <laughs> me, so I'm out on that. But, but Murphy, we've discovered on Radio Dub that we are transitioning to a food safari. So we like to get food recommendations now from players, apparently. Uh, so is there a food like that you've eaten in, in while you've been here? You've been like, oh. Australia's got some good food or, or some, a food that you tried, you're like, oh, this sucks. Nobody should be eating this. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, I mean, I think maybe the one thing that I've never really had before I moved here was maybe the chicken schnitzel. Oh. So I think that's really, really good. And I've really enjoyed that the couple times I've had that. Um, I think maybe that's a very... Aussie food, I don't know. Do we do we yeah. do they do, in Newcastle? Do they call it a palmer or is it a, the palmy? Is that what they call it in Adelaide? Is that is that they call it a schnitty here? Schnitty, so. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah, doesn't exist. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's not a real thing. <laughs> I don't know. What that, I, I, I'm assuming they're just talking about purely like the schnitzel itself, but like, nah, yeah, we don't respect that. Also. <laughs> you can say anything about Newcastle, we'll believe you. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We can't <laughs> fact check. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Murphy, we really, really appreciate. Obviously, you just finished training as well, so we really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us uh, here on Radio yeah, Dublin. Uh, good luck with the rest of the season. Uh, keep going. You know, obviously, you've been playing some really great football, so hopefully that continues for you when we get to see you back on the field really soon. Great, thank you, guys. And uh, it was great to speak to uh, Murphy Agnew, Oscar, and, and Hannah Kane. You know. I just feel like 
we outdo ourselves here on Radio Dub. No, I, 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 I'm, I really like the guests that we continue to get. I, I, I'm not sure how much, like, like, yes, we get good guests, but I'm not sure how much that's our doing in the fact that there's just it's not, no, it's not, it's not our doing, Oscar. It's not, it certainly isn't our doing. Of course not. I'm just saying that I think that the A-League women's, I'm really, I really, the people in the A-League women's, the players in the competition constantly deliver. Okay. And uh, I'd love to hear more from them on different platforms because I think their voices should be amplified in the competition. Sure. And just, and we, we can get a pretty comprehensive map of Australian food yes. if we manage to talk to, to players from every club around the country. You know, we'll, we'll really cover all of our bases. No, exactly. So really maybe maybe it's, yeah. an, maybe it's an end of season thing that we do. We just try out all the foods. We've got dessert <laughs> covered with Madison Haley's chocolate recommendation. We've got some vegan yeah. option with Hannah Keane and uh, Schnitty. <laughs> We'll do it in Fitzroy. Let's go to the for the final show. <laughs> Absolutely. Outdoor radio dub, live show, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for joining uh, Radio Dub this week. We've really, really appreciated you having us on. Oscar, will you be back in the flesh soon as a, as a guy? We'll see. At some point. At some point. Okay. Yeah. No, fair enough. That's a, your choices. Uh, but uh, once again, thank you, everybody, for joining us on Radio Dub. You can catch us anywhere. You can stream anything. And uh, have a nice weekend. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris!